Praise the Lord. I'm going to jump right in here, and I promise to be quick. I'm going to jump in at 1 Kings 19, verses 5 through 7 in the ESV. It says, and he lay down and slept under a broom tree, and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. You may be seated. You may be seated. Sorry. And he looked down, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water, and he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. So I'm going to talk about too great tonight. I'm going to start with your journey is too great. Then we're going to go to 1 Kings 3 and 9. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this, your great people. The responsibility's too great. The job's too great. We're going to look at Deuteronomy 9 and 2. A people great and tall, the sons of Anakim, whom you know and of whom you have heard, it said, who can stand before the sons of Achim? <clears throat> now, the enemy's too great. Your struggle's too big. It's just too great for you to de- step through. Now, that's what the enemy wants you to think. So if we go to 2 Kings chapter 6, it says, When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city, and the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Sometimes it takes a prophet to speak a word to make you open your eyes. But it says, Elijah prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Now, you're always surrounded. The devil tells you you're surrounded by the enemy and you're outnumbered. God says you're surrounded by protection. God said he is too great and too big to let you lose. He's not going to let you go through something that there is not a way out of, that there's not a blessing. So I want to quickly look at Matthew 19 and 26. It says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're doing, God is too great. God is always victorious. God is going to fight your battle for you. He's going to protect you. He's going. It's your faith that heals you. It's your faith that lead you to believe it's your faith that allows you to tithe brother Thompson and know and know that it's coming back it's God's bigger than God's bigger than cancer God's bigger than your financial issues God's bigger than your boss I don't care what corporation you work for God's bigger than the president God is too great for us to sit back question everything 
It, God is too great for us to quit. God is too great for us to lose this battle. There's one goal, and that's to be to get to heaven. And God got on a cross and paid my, my cost to get there. He paid your cost to get there. And he is too great, too merciful, and too powerful for us to lose this battle. Hallelujah. I'm in the book of Luke, chapter number 6. going to read a few verses, not very long, and let you sit down. 6 and verse 46. And it says it like this, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? And I like it from here. He goes, Whosoever cometh to me, and heareth my sayings, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He says, I'm going to show you, I'm going to give you an example that if you are obedient, remember the story. I'll save that right afterwards. 47, whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he's like. 48, he's like a man which built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. 49, but he that heareth and doeth not is like a man without, I don't even want to talk about that, right there, 48. He said, that storm came, when it came, it beat and blew and it could not shake it, that last line, for it was founded upon a rock. With the help of the Lord, teach for a short time. Open house. Help me pray, would you please? God, we love you and we praise you. You are so good to us, and I thank you, Lord, today. Thank you for your people, God, who are here, who love you and are seeking your presence and your direction in their lives, God. I know we'll not be disappointed. We'll not leave this place the same way we came because I know you care and you love each and every one of us. Someone say in Jesus' name, God bless you. Thank you for standing. He said you couldn't shake it for it was founded upon a rock. The CEV says in Matthew 7, that's the same story in Matthew's account. He said anyone who hears and obeys these teachings of mine is like a wise person. I like that. He's like a wise person who built a house on solid rock. 48, rain poured down, rivers flooded, and winds beat against that house. Anybody tell you when you were going to decide to live for God that it was going to be smooth sailing all the way to heaven? They lied to you. <laughs> Before you came to God, we had storms. Brother Mark, good to see you. It is, there are storms. It blows and it rains. It says it rains on the just and the unjust alike. But when you begin to, you make up in your mind, you're here because you made up somewhere in your mind, I want to live for God. I, I want to, I want to, I'm experimenting, I've got my toes in the water, or you're all the way in. But you're trying to find that place where, where is it? What is it? I want God's presence in my life. I've, I've listened long enough and ignored that voice. 
I've heard this and said, that's nah, not for me. And all of a sudden, you come to that place in your life where you go, that might be for me. And I'd like to try that. I want to hear more about that. You hear it, and he says, those that hear and obey, they're blessed. And they're like this individual. When this storm comes, your house will not fall. It's going to stand. The winds are going to blow against it, but it was built on solid rock, so it did not fall. <laughs> if you're just in the planning stages, I want to talk to you. If you're in the place where you already got an architecture, some drawings out there, it went from a napkin to an architect. You know, you can't just build based off a napkin. You can, but it may not work out too well. I'm telling you, that's kind of how it works. Built a shed or something without the You got to have a little more going on. You get the architect involved, the engineer involved, and so they understand loads bearing walls, and they understand that you can't do this and you should do that. It's just like that in living for God. We get it on the napkin, and then we say, hey, how's this going to work? I'm looking for somebody to tell me how to make this thing so that it'll stand up to the tests of time. And you look for a preacher, you look for a pastor, and you say, Pastor Herring, I want to know how to live for God. I want to build my house. I've done that where I went to the beach and I built something there, Brother Corey. I built a castle or I built this monstrosity. And before long, there was very little reference that it was ever there. You know what I'm talking about. With the kids, you're like hurrying because you know the tide's changing. Then all of a sudden, you get down to the place where you just can't beat it. It's just going to take it away. Sometimes that happens when we do it the wrong way. And so whether we're in that planning stages or we're in the drawing stages or we're already doing some, some excavating and we're working on the foundation, amen, I want you to know that when you build your house, the foundation is more important than you possibly can imagine. The foundation is what matters. When you got an earthquake and when you got a wind and when you got a flood, that foundation's what's going to matter whether or not things, that thing stands up against the environment. I want to tell you, congratulations, that you're, you're in the process of trying to build a house upon a rock. Congratulations that you're trying to live for God. Congratulations that you're trying to learn how to pray. I want to say congratulations when you're trying to understand tithing, when Brother Tostin begins to talk about giving. Congratulations when you understand worship and praise and you say, you know what, I'm going to lift up my hand even though I don't understand it. You're building a house upon a rock. I've experienced the, my share of failures, and I'll probably have some more. I have a lot of harebrained ideas. I know you don't. <laughs> I kid my wife all the time. She goes, I was thinking about this, and I go, oh, what, more than five seconds? We laugh. We laugh about that because she comes up with ideas, and they're just, I go like this. I ponder things in my mind. I'm drawing further, Rick. I'm going, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it right yet. I got it going in my mind, but when I'm ready to talk about it, it's like I'm building Taj Mahal in my backyard with two by fours that are left over from my deck that I tore out. 
10 years ago. I don't like failures, but you know what? I've learned many, many things by that. I don't want things to wash away. I want things to stand up. Because I know, I know the wind's going to blow. I can count I can count on it. You live in Palmer. Dear Lord, do you understand wind? It just blows. And it rains and, and it floods and things happen. And life has things that come up in it that are troubles. You know, your Bible tells you you're going to have trouble. I didn't think I was going to have trouble. Where did you get that idea? We're going to have trouble. We're going to have temptations and we're going to have trials. But we're going to get through those things. Right, Brother Colin? We're going to get through them. Because my God is able. My God is bigger. My God, I can look at him and say, you got people before me through this. You'll get me through this. And you'll get people behind me through this. If I just hang on long enough, and I don't give up. I like Psalm 61 too. I'll throw some scriptures at you. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Come on, you wonder where it came from? When you're in the middle of the night and you've got all kinds of hell going on in your life and you said, Lord, if you're real, would you start to reveal yourself to me? Would you start to give me some direction? Would you help me out of the middle of this mess? And he's going, that's what I've been waiting for. That's what I've been waiting for. Somebody to say, I want to I wanna live for you, God. I recognize that the foundation must be firm and it must be solid. It must be rock solid. That's a little difficult, difficult when you're building a house in Palmer. A lot, of, a lot of peat moss in some areas. I think that when we dug here for this church, I think, Brother Lance, you tell me if I'm not wrong, I think we're 15, 16 feet deep when we're putting the pillars in the, for the foundational settings for these, each one of these posts. We're 15, 16 feet deep, and guess what was below it? Same stuff we did got up on top of it. But we went down until we were well past where it could, it just, I don't know what the magic number is, but it seemed like I kept saying, well, come on, let me just throw some gravel on here and let's get this thing done. Now we got to go a little deeper. We're trying to get down to the toilet to where we could lay a base on top of that. We could lay some rocks and we could lay some D1 and we could lay some, before the D1, we put some pit run in there. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. But you begin to put some fill dirt in there and it becomes solid. That's what living for God is all about. You got to get to a place where things are solid on the ground. That means sometimes you got to do some digging. You got to pull some things out of the hole. 40 and 2 of Psalms, he said, he brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. <laughs> 1 Samuel 2 and 2 says, neither is there any rock like our God. He only is my rock and my salvation, Psalm 62, verse 2 and verse 6. And I don't know if you got that or not. Hey, man, he's trying to establish something. The psalmist understood, hey, anything 
If anything good is going to come out of my relationship, is I got to make sure it's right down at the bottom first. It's got to start down here at the bottom. Amen. He must increase and I must decrease. In 28, 16 of Isaiah, he said, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Hmm. First Peter said it like this, 2 and 6. He said, he's a chief cornerstone. He's elect and he's precious. <laughs> and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Do you have 7 and 8 in the CEB? Did I give that to you? Or that same chapter and verse? He says, so God honors you who believe. For those who refuse to believe, though, the stone that the builders tossed aside has become the capstone. This is a stone that makes people stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Because, why is it a stumbling stone? Because they refuse to believe in the word. They stumble indeed. This is the end to which they were appointed. Man. All right, I'm getting a picture here. That cornerstone was, was the, the very place to where everything began so it could be plumb. So it could be square. So it could be in order. Some of you are some great builders. Brother Justin, I was thinking of you. You just put this and that together and you throw it. You got all that stuff. You are a builder. You are a master builder. Brother Stacy, master builder. Some of you others, you build things. And some of us, we don't build things. We call our friends like Brother Justin and Brother Stacy and say, come help me fix this. Hallelujah. But when it comes to living for God, when you make up your mind, I want to build upon a foundation, he puts this thing together where it needs to be. I'm hearing and I'm believing the word of God. The word of God, it's, it's coming down to that. Deuteronomy 32 verse 31 talks about in reference to them not hearing. He said, for their rock is not our rock. People come to you and you say, man, you got you to gotta read this other book, Sister Maya. You got to read this book. Some further revelation to the gospel message. I don't have enough time to read as much Bible as I need to read. Man, the word of God is enough. That further revelation stuff that's talked about in your Bible, Genesis or Revelations chapter 22, Galatians chapter 1, talks about adding to or taking away from. They don't belong. They don't belong in the kingdom of God. Why would I want to spend one minute listening to that? Why would I want to spend one minute trying to read that and, and make some rationale to that? Hey, the word of God is quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to pierce and divide and saw asunder. It's able to discern my thoughts before I think them. Yeah. Notice well, 2 Samuel 22, verse 2, the Lord is my rock <laughs> and fortress and my deliverer. I was thinking you, Brother Dustin. He is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. He's mine. Notice in our text, there's no mention of square footage about building your house upon a rock. There's no mention of how many floors, Brother Larry. Doesn't talk about whether you got 
carpet or tile in the bathroom. Doesn't tell you whether or not it's uh, got uh, lap siding or it's got T111. Is your roof shingles or is it metal? Doesn't matter. What matters is your foundation. Because once you set your foundation right, that thing just starts to grow. I, I, you can look back and you can see as God begins to do things in your life, he is a miracle worker. <laughs> I, I don't have to sit back and go, well, I, I don't think I got enough money to build that house. Are you kidding? Just put the foundation where it needs to be, and he puts the rest up. He doesn't tell you whether or not it's two or it's three pane windows. Whether it's heat efficient, you got metal doors or wood doors. It doesn't matter. But I can tell you that when the house is built, you got a view like none other. You're going to have the view of heaven. Ah, come on, somebody. Oh, lay the foundation on solid ground. Ephesians 2.20 says Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. The apostles, they followed that commandment of the Lord. They did. The apostles looked at it in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Remember, as the Lord has come for a short period of time after the resurrection, and he's getting ready to leave, and he's got a few short days to begin to talk to those disciples. He'd gather them around a fire or wherever it was, and he said to them, Go ye therefore into all the world. Preach the gospel to every preacher. Every creature. Verse 16, he says, And he that believeth and is baptized. Right, Brother Dan? And is baptized. So believing is not just enough. So you begin to hear, you're saying your foundation. I want my foundation to be solid. So I got started when I believed. But it wasn't quite finished. And he said, you got to be baptized. And he says, the next verse, and he that believeth not shall be. I don't like to look at the negative portion of stuff. I like to look at the positive. He says, he that believeth and is baptized. He says, ah, I like that. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, here, where's, here, someone said, here's water. What doth hinder thee to be baptized? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. 28, 19 of Matthew, he says, go. And he talks about baptizing them in the name of the Father. And the Son and the Holy Ghost. He said name singular. He didn't say God is not a name. The Son is not a name. I am a Son. It's not my name. And the Holy Ghost he said, Acts 4.12, he said, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What were they talking about? The name of Jesus. And the disciples fulfilled that message in Acts chapter 2. Remember, here they are in Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. Just so we don't lose this thought. What happens in verse 1? We'll go fast. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were setting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as 
like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Right, Brother Royce? The Holy Ghost had sat upon them. And they began to speak with other tongues, didn't they? Just like you did. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The disciples, and if all verse 4, we'll go ahead. And they were all filled, okay. And the disciples and apostles did exactly what was commanded of them. When he said Matthew 28, verse 19, Mark chapter 16, verse 15, tells them to go. Talk about the gospel message. What was the gospel? It was the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was his life. And the books couldn't contain all the miracles that took place. Three and a half years, he was teaching those disciples, man. He was trying to just shove as much in them as he could. He was trying to build a foundation because they would be responsible to take that message to the rest of the world. And they, they just, they just uh, Judas couldn't handle it. One out of 12 is pretty good odds. I'm sorry Judas missed the boat, but he did. But the other 11 hung on to that thing. And they took that message and, and they began to share that message. So what happened when the Holy Ghost fell in Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4? He said the gathering came around and read it for yourself. And they gathered around there because they couldn't understand all that was taking place. What are we talking about? The foundation was being set. And he, they, they, they began to preach the gospel about what had happened, the, 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 the birth and the life and the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 37, you've heard me talk about this recently. 37 said, they were pricked in their heart. The message that was preached, and they heard it. And all of a sudden, it caused conviction in their heart. And he said, what do we do with this preacher? And Peter, Brother Tim, said, repent. Verse 38. Turn away from without the intent to go back to. That's what repentance is. When we, re we are sorry and we repent, it's not, well, I'm sorry for right now. It's I'm sorry enough that I'm working on trying not to repeat this behavior. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Repentance, it's, hey, we're going to make mistakes. But it's when we habitually, when we repent, knowing I'm going to do the same thing tomorrow, that's not repentance. Repentance says, I'm doing everything so I don't do the same thing again. I'm turning away from it. I'm putting a barrier up. I'm avoiding that direction or that behavior or that whatever it is that causes me to go to that same place and fall. Repent and be baptized. Baptizo is the Greek word, and it means to be submerged. A modern church era has somehow replaced that with a little dab will do you, and we will just sprinkle. Well, I got a lot of sin. I want it to all be covered. That's exactly what they meant. When they took the sacrifice, they didn't just go, oh, a little water on it. They took that thing and submerged it in that brass laver. And they put it all the way in before they pulled it out. And it's just like you and me. We go down in the water and we come up out of the water. And when you come up out of the water, you're a new creature in Christ. You're a new creature. We're talking about being an open house, setting the foundation. 
And when you come up out of that water, all of a sudden, you're a new creature in Christ. But there's just one more small portion to that. In John chapter 3, I don't think I gave this to you. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, it talks about Nicodemus, a Pharisee, who understood the law, had an inkling that there was something happening in the spiritual realm. And he went to Jesus by night, and he said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles which thou doest, except God be with him. And Nicodemus is not greeted with words like, dude, you got it right on, man. You figured it out. He said, you must be born again, Nicodemus. If you want to see the kingdom of God, you got to be born again of the water and the spirit. And verse 7, he says it again. you got to be born again if you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So he says, you can't see it and you can't go in if you're not born again of water and spirit. So the water baptism is the water that he's referring to. The, uh, the spirit baptism is the Holy Ghost, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And he says... He says, it's a promise, and it's unto you. Verse 39, did I give you that for Acts chapter 2? He said, it's a promise. That infilling is a promise. God doesn't lie, brother. No, he doesn't. And what he promises, he's going to keep that up, man. It's unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Laying a foundation, setting solid ground to be built upon. Whether you're in that early phase or you're somewhere in between, making sure that we have our foundation set firm and solid is of the utmost importance. It's important. And then when he begins to build and all of a sudden, it's line upon line and precept upon precept. See, that's how church works. That's why it's so important. And you know that. You're here. I'm talking to folks that are not here. We make silly excuses for not to, to, you know, to be involved when the doors are open. I'm telling you that every service, whether it's fellowship or it's brotherly this or it's sisterly that or it's family this or it's youth or that, they all are building blocks. They're taking your foundation that's set in its sure and it's building on it. I used to go out to those open houses. I remember with my parents when they were building their dream home in Arizona. I went there, my wife and I went there, and it was just a foundation. And they were so excited. Man, this is going to be our living room. And look at our view, and this is our bedroom, and this is where the kitchen is. And they had all these plans, and they were laid out. And, and you know, it was hard for me to visualize, but I was starting to get it. Anybody got visions of heaven on their mind? Anybody got visions on, hey, I want to I build on this thing. I want to grow. Glad to see promises his word and they that heard glad days that gladly received his word verse 41 of Acts chapter 2 said that they were baptized and 3,000 more people got added to the church 
120 in the upper room and all those into the street. Then it went to 5,000, and it hasn't stopped since then. Building a foundation. Are they, they're, some are in different phases, but we're all working on this thing. And sometimes I look things, I look at things that, Brother Michael, I look at things and I go, you know what? My prayer is not really where I want it to be. I feel good in my, my Bible reading and I feel like I'm challenging myself and I'm working there and there's a little more to do. We're building on this foundation. Every time you sit down and you open up your Bible and you begin to read and you, you just put that in, you go, ah, I'm not really sure I understand all of that. I'm telling you what, you're, you're putting something up in your house. Every time you kneel down, you find a place to pray. You come early to church or Tuesday night or Sunday, the last day of the month. You come and you pray and you go, well, I didn't really feel anything. I'm telling you what, you're doing something in the kingdom. Every time you give, you're working on your, you're working on your mansion. That's what you're doing. There's no limit. It's kind of where I'm getting at. If you think you're building 1,200 square foot, all I need is two bedrooms. I'm telling you what, you can build a mansion. He'll build a mansion. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. Yeah. Is the mansion or the building that you're building, is it, is it really mean anything? No. It's this. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. That's what we're building. Stand, if you would, this, this evening. building. It's an open house. It's fun sometimes to go into those big, anyone see that parade of homes? And you go, let's just go. Well, we can't afford it. I don't care. Let's just go look. And you start looking and dreaming and this and that and you get ideas. Come on. God is trying to open our eyes to see what the potential is, what there is, what's available. Sister Jessica, what's available? What can you do? God can do so much when you become available. I become available. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you and we praise you. We so appreciate you and what you're doing, the work that you're doing. I love to see people building on the foundation. Love to see people getting the revelation of who you are and what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. I just love to see people when they get a, an understanding of how important prayer is and, and giving and loving you and just obeying your word. It's so exciting. Is it exciting to you to see somebody when you see things in the scripture and you just go, thank you, Lord, that's so good. That's so good for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.